All right, look, we're going to, and because I've run my mouth for longer than I should, we'll call it not running my mouth, fellowshipping tonight, longer than I should before I got here, um, we we gotta we gotta work a little bit tonight. I, I will tell you uh, some of what we're what we're gonna do. You you may want to I don't know. You may want to grab a old note sheet or a sheet of paper or something in the back because I'm gonna have every, we'll have everything on the screen tonight uh, that you need. All the verses will be there, and um, it, it'll be a good it'll be a really good night for you to get in on some stuff uh, that because uh, I I really. Um, what what we're talking about tonight is kind of a um, in Philippians. We're going to be back in Philippians four, and it's it's one of those deals uh, that's kind of near and dear to my heart because uh, you may not be a mental train wreck half of your uh, you know half your life, but uh, just to be honest with you, uh, I was raised. Uh, by a lot of mental train wrecks and I'm not just saying that and I'm not that's not a throw-off I mean that's gonna sound way worse than what it was intended to Um, but I was raised by people that were uh, that were basket cases most of their life um, outside my granddad Um, and and so you know when you're raised by people that already have emotional issues it's not hard for those emotional issues to be handed down to you. Does anybody, anybody else understand what I'm talking about when I say that? Maybe, maybe a little bit. Um, now, you may not want to admit that, or you may not want to recognize that, but, but those kind of things, they, 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 they get handed off to their kids by accident sometimes. Um, maybe their kids pick up on it. and uh, So, Anyway, um, this is a real practical verse we're going to deal with tonight. We're going to look at it from a, from a biblical standpoint and just see what, what God's got to say to us. Um, so let's work through it, uh, you know, as quickly as we can. Um, i got a couple things I want to pray about at the end. And uh, we used to do that at the beginning, but we've got a couple things we want to pray about at the end. So let's uh, let's let's pray now. Sean, won't you pray for us, and then we'll jump we'll jump into the text tonight. Amen. All right, uh, Philippians four and verse eight. There, there's, there's quite a few verses in your Bible that are just that can and that are standalone verses um, that can stand on their own. Um, we like, for the sake of context, to read more than one verse, um, just because we. 
feel like it's a good biblical practice to do uh, to make sure that we're not taking things out of context. But this is, this is definitely one of those verses um, that when you read it, it stands on its own. It can stand by itself and it can prop itself up and it can give you truth after truth after truth. And so Philippians 4 and verse number 8, the Bible says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Now, the direct command, the direct command here is to think on some things. Everybody see that? There's a direct command that's given to us and that, uh, that we are to think on some things. Why? Well, it, it is the, the, the understanding is that our minds are susceptible to crazy things unless there is some things given to us in order that we need to think on. How many of you understand that there's a lot of crazy things that happen in your life with your mind? Anybody understand that? Okay. Well, but the Bible, if we believe it's true, and we do believe it's true, the Bible has all the answers. And this is just another answer. This is just another answer to the things that we need to, under, that we need to understand, that we need to think on. Well, uh, this, this phrase, think on, to think upon, uh, it, it would mean to fill your heart with thoughts uh, as they enter and exit your head. But, but, but you're to, to fill your heart, you're the, to, to fill your heart, uh, with now, now let me let me throw this out there. Thoughts enter and exit your head all the time. You got all kinds of things that enter and exit your mind, but 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 really, you fill your heart intentionally with certain things. You do that on intention, and and so when we we talk about peace, we've been talking about peace throughout this whole thing. Uh, peace and joy have been the main two uh, components of the Book of Philippians. I want you to look at Isaiah 26 and verse 3. That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Because he trusteth in thee. Now, wrong feelings or wrong thinking leads to wrong feelings all the time. Wrong thinking leads to wrong feeling. And, and, and before long, the heart and the mind are pulled apart. And, and here we are in, in where we was in the verse last week. We're complete mess by worry. If you didn't get a chance, you, you didn't get to listen to last week, man, you need to go back and listen to that uh, because we, we dealt with this idea of worry and, and what we need to do with it and where we need to take our worry. But what we've got to realize is that thoughts are real and thoughts are powerful. They cannot be seen, they cannot be weighed, and they cannot be measured, but they're so powerful. How, how powerful are they? Well, I want you to look what, uh, what the Apostle Paul said uh, to the church at Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, so the command is we must bring into captivity every thought... To the obedience of Christ. 
So this, this is a big deal. So the, our thought process, what we think on, how our minds work, it is a big deal. It's not a big deal to just us, although it is a big deal to us, right? How many of us understand that our thoughts are a big deal to us a lot of times? It, you know who else it's a big deal to? It's a big deal to God. You may think your, your thoughts are a big deal to you, but I want you to understand, God thought it so much of you and thought so much of me that he's like, well, your, your, your thoughts are a bigger deal to me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, let the Apostle Paul pin down, hey, there's some thoughts you need to bring into the obedience of Christ. And then we're going to roll over to Philippians 4 and verse number 8, and I'm going to tell you some things that you need to think on. I'm going to give you a recipe, uh, some things that you need to think on. I'm going to spell out in detail some things that you need to think on. Um. One guy, uh, one guy, I wrote this uh, down, and I, I wrote, I, I've said this in here uh, several times, but uh, he said, sow a thought and you'll reap an action. If you sow an action, you'll reap a habit. If you sow a habit, you'll reap a character. And if you sow a character, you'll reap a destiny. Now, I think that's true um, for the most part. Uh, it's something really interesting that happens in Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 5. The Bible said, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So, so, so here we are. The wickedness of man, that there, there is a a definite connection with the wickedness of man and his thoughts. And not just his thoughts, but the thoughts of his heart. Like his heart, the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, now what's crazy is Genesis chapter number 6, God does something uh, does something on the on the out excuse me, on the outskirts of Genesis chapter number 6. God does something really interesting. Because when God saw the wickedness of man on the earth, in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually, he floods that joint. He floods the earth. Why? Well, I believe it has to do with, the, with every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. So he floods the earth. Now... Uh, just as a healthy heart needs the right physical food and it needs physical exercise, a healthy heart needs the right spiritual food and it needs the right spiritual exercise. And if you want your heart and your mind to have peace, it's going to have to be aligned with the God of peace. If you want your heart and your mind to experience the peace of God, it's going to have to get aligned with the God of peace. Why? Because said many times, peace and joy only comes from Jesus Christ. If you want peace for your mind, then set, it on, set your heart on the God of peace. If you want peace for your heart, set your heart on the God of peace. Okay, so there's, there's three things that we need to see uh, tonight. Uh, so maybe we don't run out of time. Number one, number one, get your heart the right content. 
get your heart the right content. Okay? Big deal. Get your heart the right... If you want peace, get your heart the right content. Fill your heart with the right things. Okay? Does everybody see that? Fill your heart with the right things. First uh, Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 9. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind for the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. So God knows. God's searching it out. God's looking for us. Notice that, that, that when we look at, at, at some things that God wants to see, He wants to see true things. He wants to see honest things. He wants to see just things, and He wants to see pure things. Okay, so those, those are the first four we'll deal with. Why does He want to see those things? How do you know He wants to see those things? Well, He called us to think on those things. That's what He called it. So the, 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 the natural conclusion... Uh, to this idea, God wants those things in our life. And, and, and I want you to look at the first two. They're pretty similar, okay? They're pretty similar. True and honest are pretty similar, but they're slightly different. Why are they slightly different? Well, because true is, and we're going to see that here, here in just a minute, this idea of being true, uh, true things, and thinking on true things is real or authentic. Real or authentic. Now, what is the opposite of real or authentic? Okay, the opposite of real. Uh, the opposite of real money is what? Counterfeit money, right? So the opposite of real money is a is a counterfeit. Okay, God's called us to to think on true things or authentic things. Why? Because counterfeit, the opposite, are counterfeit things. Now. The opposite are deceiving things. The opposite are lying things. Now, why is that so important to get this, uh, this evening? Because if you're not careful, you will believe things that are counterfeit. They're deceptive and they're not true. They're the opposite of that. And here's what happens. How many of us have ever come across a situation... And and we and, and maybe maybe I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you a story. Uh, me and a me and a guy got into a big brawl one time, and it wasn't the ne- it wasn't just the next day, and um, and my dog turns up missing. Well, you you know what happened? Anybody knows what happened? Well, what do you think happened? Me and the dude I got in a brawl with, guess who? Guess guess where my dog went to? It went to the dude that, that I got in the brawl with. That's what that was the first thing I thought about. I was like, oh, I know who's got my dog. I, I well, actually, I know who killed my dog. That's what I thought in my mind. I thought there's no way my dog's alive. Man, he had to come in my yard and he had to kill my dog. Right? Now, maybe maybe you maybe thing like that, but but I would I would bet there's some things in your life that you probably thought like that about. But I thought, man, he's against me. He's against me. He's against me. Well, lo and behold, the dude I got in the brawl with calls me about about 30 minutes later, and I was just mustering up the the idea of I'm facing call a smug and we're facing to have it out. He calls me and he says, Hey man, your dog's over at my house. 
I don't know, he must have got out of the pen or something. You need to come over here and get your dog. And so I went over and got my dog. My dog was fine. There wasn't nothing wrong with my dog. But I was fixing to be on the warpath. I'm talking about on like 9 millimeter on the warpath. Somebody done killed my dog. I knew who killed my dog. But this dude done called and saved me from looking like a total idiot. Anybody ever been there before? Why, how do you know that happens? Well, we, we believe the lies sometimes that, that this harebrained thing cons up. It conjures up all kinds of stuff that's not true in the least. So, so I want to give you some things. I want to give you some an, an understanding. Let me give you a biblical understanding of this word true. All right? Genesis 42. Genesis 42. Uh, you, it, you, uh, it uses the word true men. Joshua chapter number 2. It, it uses the word true token. 2 Samuel, true words. 1 Kings, true report. Nehemiah 9, true laws, true judgments, true witnesses. Matthew 22, thou art true. All right, look, look, at, look at this one. This is a good one for me and you to get our grasp on. Luke chapter 16, true riches. Well, what, what, what are we comparing Scripture with Scripture? We know these are spiritual things or eternal things as opposed to Colossians chapter number 2, as opposed to those earthly things. John 17, John 17, true God. John 1, true light. John 2, true bread. John 15, true vine. What is all this? These are, it's, it's real. It's real light. It's real bread. It's the real vine. It's the authentic form. Right? Is everybody, everybody track with me or my own one? Like, ah. So, so when I'm studying this, I, I get, I get kind of, you know, it's, it's a good study for me because, because uh, you know, my mind is, is as crazy as yours is sometimes. Um, Hebrews 9, uh, uh, figures of the true, okay? Uh, John, uh, John 4, true worshipers. Ephesians 4, true holiness. John 19, record is true. Romans 3, let God be true, Okay? Philippians 4, Philippians 4, true yoke fellow. What, what, is, what is the opposite? Of, the opposite of that would be a counterfeit yoke fellow. Does that make sense? You don't want to yoke up with counterfeits. You don't want to yoke up with deceivers. Why? Because they're not true. And you don't want to yoke up with people like that. Uh, Hebrews 10, true heart. Revelation uh, chapter 3, he that is true. Revelation 19, true saints. So, so does everybody see that true, uh, how you can see that, that, that the word true and honest are going to have some slightly different uh, definitions to them, okay? Uh, so, so 2 Samuel chapter number 27 and verse 28, And now, O Lord God, thou art my God, thy words be true. Now this is, a, this is in the middle of David making our God uh, making a covenant with David, okay? And thou hast promised this goodness unto thy servant. What, 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 is, what is these words that are, that are true? Well, Psalm 119 and verse 165. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Psalm 40, I will delight to do thy will, O my God. Excuse me, thy law is within my heart. Okay, these are, these are God's words. Psalm 119.97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Uh, it, again, 
here, here, here we are. Thy words uh, are thy words be true. Psalm 119 and 113. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. So, so here it is. Real or authentic riches are what we looked at in Luke 16 just a minute ago. They, 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 this is the things that God, this, these are the things that God commits to people that are faithful in unrighteous mammon, unrighteous money. That God only commits His true riches to people that can be trusted with the opposite of that. Which are in reality, what, 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 what are they, what are they, pay, what they, what they pave in heaven with? The stuff we love the most, gold. I mean, I mean, they're they're paving the the the, the streets. The streets are are made with. We're going to walk on what we deem very uh, of a real high priority around here, right? I mean, I I'd love to have a, a I'd love to have a safe full of gold right now. It'd be worth more than anything else is in this world. It'd be, definitely be worth more than the dollar is right now. Right? I mean, I mean, we would love to have that. But but God said, if I can't trust you with unrighteous mammon, I, I can't give you true riches. I can't give you authentic riches. I can't give you real riches. And, and so we look, uh, we've already cross-referenced this a time or two in here, but Colossians 3 uh, if you're risen uh, with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sat on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. So here's the warning against these fake riches, uh, riches that aren't true. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 15. Here's the warning against these. Um, and he said unto him, he said unto them, take heed, uh, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. So here we are again. The, 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 this idea of being covetous is in connection with fake riches. Riches that aren't real. Riches that pass away. Riches that do not stay. Why? Because your life doesn't consist of the things which you possess. Okay. First uh, Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, the judgment seat of Christ. So there's going to be gold and silver and precious stone. Every man's work shall be made manifest. The day's going to declare it because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And if any man's work abide which he built thereon, he shall receive reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. So the, so the same things, the same things that will burn up at the judgment seat of Christ are the things that will leave you empty in this world without peace before you get to the judgment seat of Christ. And here's the good barometer of that. This is a good barometer. If you don't have peace, you may be investing your life in things that are leaving you empty. And they just tell you that the judgment seat is going to be less than enjoyable. Right? Does that make sense so far? Okay, so man, you're kind of jazzed up. I, listen, I just like it when the Bible comes together and can help me and make it make sense for me. Okay, let's look at this next one. Uh, honest, honest. Matthew 23 and verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, 
hypocrites. These are the opposite of honest. They are hypocrites. They are dishonest. They are actors. They are putting on a show. For ye are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward. So, so they're, they're, they're looking good on the outside, but within, full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. So they're, they're looking good on the outside, but what their problem is, is they're not honest. They look good on the outside, but inside they're full of dead men's bones. Um, Isaiah 29, verse 13, for, uh, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth, and with their lips do they honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. Not by the words of God, by the precepts of men. So, so they honor me with their lips and their heart is, is, nowhere, what, is nowhere near me. That's dishonesty, right? That's, just, this, that's a dishonest uh, lifestyle. You honor me with your mouth and your, your, your heart is not given over to you. They were full of hypocrisy. They were full of religion. They had no honesty in them whatsoever. And, and so, so, so you're to fill your heart with things that are, that are consistent with your faith and that your, uh, that your life around you, your, the, the conversation of your life is seen as an honest life. What, what about Acts chapter 3? Acts chapter 3. He says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom ye may appoint over this business. These are the first, this is the appointment of the first deacons. And the apostles are looking out uh, for these seven men, and they're having to look out for the they have to be of honest report. First uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, whereas the con here, here's here, here, here we are again, the comparison. Whereas they speak evil, uh, they speak against you as evildoers, that they may, uh, they may be your, um, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So, so the 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 idea they they're they're talking about you right now, but they need to see you have a conversation that's honest. You're the life that you live in front of them should be honest, and that your good works they should be seen as honest works. Okay. See, the content of my heart and the content of your heart should match the appearance of our life outwardly. Why? Because what's, it, it, it's, Brother Brown used to say all the time, my old uh, pastor in North Augusta, you say it all the time, what's in the well of your heart is going to come out in the bucket of your mouth. What's in the well of your heart comes out in the bucket of your mouth. And so, so, so we, we have to be what? We have to be honest. All right, so, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, what, what do we need to do? We need to think on them things. We need to think on them things. Okay, uh, let's look at the next one. Just, just. This idea of being just is in alignment with God's law and God's character. In alignment with God's law 
in God's character. Leviticus 19 and verse number 36. Um, you've, got, you've got a couple things. Just balances, uh, just weights, uh, just ephah, and uh, just hen. He, uh, shall ye have, I am the Lord, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. All right, so this is God. Uh, giving something over to them. And he, he says, look, they're, they're all going to be just. They're all going to be in line with my character. Why? Because that's who I am. All right. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 18. Judges and officers shalt thou make thee in all thy gates, which the Lord God giveth thee throughout thy tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgments. Okay, everybody trying with me so far? Uh, Proverbs 25, uh, 21 and verse 15. It is, it, is joy to do uh, it is joy to do the just, to, uh, to do judgments. Okay, but destruction shall be to the worker of iniquity. Align, here's what needs to happen. We need to align our heart with God's. We need to align our heart uh, we need to align, uh, align our heart with God's heart. So what does that mean? We need to fill our heart with righteousness. We need to fill our hearts with righteousness. This, this means that, that we need to be honest with ourselves and we need to quit excusing away our own sin, right? Well, well what do we need to do? We need to take seriously what God does. All right, here, here's, here's another little, little statement that I, that I thought pretty, pretty good, uh, a pretty good one to throw out there at you. Your heart needs to be full of justice. Okay, you ready for this? Your heart needs to be full of, of justice. But if you're not careful, that justice will only be for other people. Okay? But you know the first person that your heart needs to be full of justice towards? It needs to be towards yourself. Be, be, be careful, be careful taking, be careful being just to everybody else and taking justice to everybody else, but not taking justice to the person that looks in the mirror every day, right? Why? Why? Because you'll turn into a Pharisee before you know it. I, I, you, you'll turn into the you'll turn into the person that can't examine his own self, that can't look at his own life, that can't uh, look at his own sin and be honest with his own self about his own sin. Right? Does that make sense? So see, we got to get serious about those kind of things. Okay, th th think on things that are just. What about this one? Think on things that are pure. Think on things that are pure. So so Paul warns us. Not to allow impurities in. Okay, now, now I'm, I'm going to carry you some of 1 Corinthians. We'll see here in just a minute. Paul is warning us not to allow impurities within. Why, what, what, what do you mean? Well, it, it, ruins, it ruins the whole mind in terms, of, uh, in terms of the thoughts of your heart. Now, don't allow those impurities in. Why? Because it ruins the whole mind, and it will ruin the whole heart eventually. The principle here is, there's a good principle here, found from 1 Corinthians 5 and verse number 6. Your glorying is not good. 
Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump. As ye are unleavened, for even Christ Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity. Okay, this leaven that would leaven the whole lump is, is sin. Is sin. So, so we, so we, what do we have to do? We got to purge it out. We got to purge it out. Why? So we can be pure. So we can be pure. Why? Who, who, who are we trying to be pure for? Are you trying to be pure for yourself? No, man. Remember, the, the, your peace doesn't come from you. You don't have an abundance of peace to give yourself. Remember, peace and joy come from Jesus Christ. So you can't get peace by thinking pure thoughts. No, you, get pure, you think pure thoughts. You think on pure things because that is what God commanded you. And in return, in return... I get the peace of God. I get God's peace. Why? Because now I'm now in aligning myself with the God of peace. And be careful. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take uh, a much just allowing the little imp- impurities and in, 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 uh, uh, the imperfections of life the little, the little sin to sneak into our hearts and, and it'll, start to, it'll start to cause the leaven. It'll start to leaven the whole lump of our life. It affects us in many ways. And before you know it, it's affected your peace and you're looking around and you're like, man, why don't I have any peace? Why can't I get any peace? Why can't I lay my head on my pillow at night with peace? Can't have peace anywhere. Can't have peace in my relationships. I can't have peace here. Can't have peace there. It's it's worthy of considering. I want you to look at um, Ecclesiastes, verse ten. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So the comparison doth a little folly. Him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. So as a Christian, let's, let's practically apply this to us right now. As a Christian, uh, you, were, you have deemed yourself as somebody that is in reputation of wisdom and honor. No doubt, right? As a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have deemed yourself, you now fall in the category of someone that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Well, so doth a little folly cause this apothecary is a, it's really just a a boiling pot that has various ointment in it. And the dead flies is our little folly. It's a, it's a big pot. It's, it's a big pot. 
But the, I mean, everybody understands flies for the most part, unless you're talking about one of them big honking uh, horse flies that leaves whelps on you big enough to somebody to hang on to. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a little fly, right? So, so this, this is what God's comparing those little flies in the apothecary. They're, they're now causing a stinking savor. They smell bad. Everybody, everybody understand that? It smells bad. Nobody, nobody likes it. It smells bad. So doth a little folly. So doth a little folly uh, to, to, that, uh, to him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. You got the Holy Ghost of God living inside of you. Claim you do. We, we claim we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. We've been sealed under the day of redemption. Here's, here's the deal. We got to make sure. We got to make sure that we're, we're thinking on pure things. That we're thinking on pure things. Okay? All right. Let's, let's go to the next one. Uh, all right, number two, focus your heart, focus your heart on the right things. Focus your heart on the right things. If you want peace, set your heart on the right things. Focus your heart on the right things, okay? If you want peace, set your heart on the right things. Well, what are the right things? They're lovely things, and they're things of good report. Now, these things... Uh, there are things that we pour into our life and, and, and there are things that we pursue with our life. And, 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 and listen, uh, some of those are, are good things and some of those are not so, such good things. Uh, Proverbs 18 and verse number 2, a fool, uh, a fool hath no delight in understanding but that, it, uh, that his heart may discover it. A fool hath no delight in understanding but that his heart may discover it. What is it trying to discover? It's trying, the heart is trying to discover understanding. But, but you got to remember, a fool hath no delight in that understanding, but his heart wants it. Does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, how many of us have been so foolish when our heart was looking for understanding? Eh, we don't want that. Right? I mean, some of us, God, God help us. We, our heart desired Jesus Christ. But our foolish ways said no. I mean, I didn't get saved the first time I heard the gospel. For the most part, it was because my foolish, my foolish ways said no. It took no delight in Jesus Christ. It took no delight in understanding Maybe, maybe you're not like that, but I've done plenty of things in my foolish ways to the detriment of my own heart discovering understanding. Now, maybe I've never been there, but I've been there plenty of times. And so what happens is uh, we'll, we'll, allow, we'll allow ourselves to We'll allow ourselves to get completely out there in left field and never get to a place to where we're actually focused on the things that we need to be focused on with our heart. 
When you look at this word lovely, uh, there's a couple places in your Bible that will give us an idea of what this word lovely is. Uh, 2 Samuel 1 and verse number 23. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. Saul, Saul and, and, uh, and Jonathan, they, were, they had a unique relationship, and the Bible calls that relationship lovely. It calls it pleasant. Uh, so they're, they're not divided in, in their lives. And, and so, uh, and then it goes on and, and it describes uh, how their relationship was together. Song of Solomon gives us another little insight into what this word lovely uh, would mean. The Bible says, His mouth was most sweet, yea, He is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. Now, we're going to have to, we'll, we'll, st we'll stop here. Uh, no, we, mm, nah, let's, let's, let's try to, let's try to get this one out anyway. Um, so, Isaiah 26, let's, let's hit this back one more time. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. So, so peace uh, is found by making Jesus the object of, of our heart, okay? And we, we understand that. Why? Because Isaiah 26, it gives us a good idea that, that my pursuit being Jesus Christ, that, that you know what, uh, I can be kept in perfect peace. All right, so there, there's, a, there's a great way to provide peace in, in relationship. And what is that way? Okay, that way is Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Now, a lot of times if you're, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself constantly frustrated with people, constantly frustrated with certain relationships. And, and so I want, I, want, I want you to take Isaiah 26 and I want you to think about this. Sometimes we, we just need to quit focusing on our heart and what it feels about a certain person or certain people or relationships that we have. Why is that? Well, because without the grace of God, without the grace of God conforming us to the image of Christ, we're going to be just like the people that we can't stand. Does that make sense? So, so you, 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 got, you got people you're always frustrated with. Man, these jokers drive me crazy. Okay, here's what we need to do. Philippians 2 and verse number 3, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Amen. <laughs> well, what, what, is, what, what, what is that, that going to require from me and you? That's going to require a lot of humility. Amen. That's going to require a lot of humility. And you're going to have to focus on things that, that, that you wouldn't normally focus on. You're gonna have to. You're gonna. Ha you're gonna have to let things that drive you nuts uh, just come. What, what do you mean? You're gonna have to focus instead of being super critical. Instead of being super critical, become that person's biggest advocate. Uh, they, they why? Well, because if people are gonna grow, they need what? They need support, 
right? Amen? Uh, if they're going to grow, they need support. All right, there's going to be the occasional admonition that's got to come from you. Okay, when you're raising kids, they need support. They need admonition. Why? Because that's what God's called us to do, to raise our kids in the, the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, right? So, so if, you, if, if, if we choose to only... Fo- and look, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that I, I have to really make myself see the positives in some things because a lot of times if I'm not careful right off the rip, I'm like, I'm just seeing the negative. And that's a bad thing sometimes. Sometimes it's a good thing because everybody else wants to see the positive and you're like, man, let's, can, we, can we take a time out and see that there's some negatives to this thing? Right? But, but if you live there, if you live there, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a frustrating place to live too. It's a frustrating place to live. Um, so, lovely. How would I, how would I live within the space of lovely? Well, if I'm going to do it like the Bible lays it out that I'm to do it, then I'm going to have to make relationships work when they shouldn't work, right? Relationships aren't church. Man, dude, how pleasant it is to dwell in unity, right? Well, it's lovely and it's pleasant for you and I to dwell in unity like it was for Saul and Jonathan. Same, same, same thing, man. There's going to be some things that I have to put to the side. There's a lot. I'll be honest with you. There's some, there's some ways I judge that I judge men. I've been taught to judge men that I don't know that I have a real good precedent of judging men on. Sometimes I have to put all my ways to the side and see those people without my ways to get a good grasp on how I'm supposed to pray for them, on how I'm supposed to lead them, okay? We don't have time to get through the rest of this, so we're going to pray. Um, we'll pray, and then we'll finish this. Uh, yeah, we'll finish it next time. So uh, let, let's pray and... Um, so um, maybe maybe this is a good time for you to you know the the you, you Charlie go uh, or not Charlie uh, Chandler go to that next point no not not that point sir um, that's a good that's a good thing we need to remember stewardship conference. So there's a there's a there's number three, um, just to give it to you, um, just so you'll have it. Uh, number three, check your heart for its fruit. Okay, if you want peace, inspect the fruit of your heart. What is that? It's virtue. And it's praise. Okay? It's virtue and it's praise. Inspect, your, inspect the fruit of your heart. 
See what that looks like. Well, I don't, I don't know what it looks like. Well, this would be a good time to inspect it. We, we're going to pray. Man, I, I'd love to give you a minute to pray. And, you know, all of these whatsoevers, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Man, get, get these things in your mind. But again, I said this a couple of weeks ago. I, th- I think I said it, I don't remember if it was a Wednesday night or a Sunday. It was a Wednesday night. When I, uh, last week, maybe. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff running through my mind between last Wednesday and this one. But we're, we're the most depressed nation that this world has ever seen. We, we've, got more, we've got more prescription drugs running through the veins of America than any other country in the world. And 90% of it is, is geared uh, towards antidepressants. It's geared towards mental health. And look, I'm, I'm not here to debate whether anybody needs that stuff or not. Here's what I am here to debate. I'm here to debate the fact that we may not be giving ourselves to Philippians 4.8 before we give ourselves to a dude in a white coat with a pen pushing prescriptions. I know far too many good people, far too many good people that have been given things in a season of life that they were going through that they didn't need. And you know the last, you know what they did? The the season of life that they were in was meant to turn them to this book. It was meant for the Holy Ghost of God to work in their heart, to direct them to Jesus Christ. Seasons of life do that. They're here for that reason. And if you're not careful, you will escape the Holy Ghost. By getting a hold of something that ain't going to help you at all. It's just going to band-aid it. Well, I need it to function. I need it to get up in the morning. Maybe you don't need to get up in the morning. Maybe you need, maybe, maybe you need to wrestle with the Lord. Well, I got to function, man. Maybe you need to do what them old-timers do. I mean, I, how many of you heard about, about whole town shutting down when revivals came through? I mean, right here in this town. There's a sewing mill right here in this town where that crazy dude was building the bunkers. I used to... <laughs> There used to be a sewing mill. That sewing mill shut down in Dallas, Georgia because God moved through with a supernatural move of God. This has been many years ago. But that's not the first time this has happened. What, what do you mean? People couldn't go to work, man. God dealt with them in their conviction. So bad so that they couldn't do anything but, but seek the Lord. That's what these times, that's what times like that should do. They should drive us to seek the Lord. Now I wouldn't be so I wouldn't be so uh, I wouldn't be so quick to tell you that if I hadn't been in, in those shoes before. Uh, there was there was a one, there was this one time uh, that I went and seen a dude in a white coat and got the things that I thought I needed to get after a time in ministry uh, that I thought was just gonna take me. 
And you know what happened? I made it a month. I sat in my recliner for a whole month and didn't move. I sat in my recliner for a whole month, didn't talk to my family. Why? I was all zombied out. And instead of dealing with my problem, I tried to find a remedy for it, tried to band-aid it up. And that may not be you, but that's what I did. And so I know what that feels like. You can ask Jordan. She's like, I don't think these things are good for you. I'm like, oh, they're helping me. No, they're helping me. No, they're helping me. And it wasn't long. And me and her both knew. These things got to go. Why? I didn't want to face the reality that the season of life that I was in hurt so bad that I didn't know what to do with it. And you know what? You'll be there too. You're going to get there if you haven't already been there. It's going to be a season of life you come to that's going to be so hard that you're like, I just need some relief. So I'm asking you, consider this at least tonight. Maybe God wants you to think on some things in your life completely different than you have been. Amen? All right. Let me give you a second. I'm going to pray. And uh, maybe you taught the Lord where you are. And um, you just, I'm, I'm going to give you a second before I do pray. A minute uh, before I do pray. But uh, let, let's just take a second and uh, let's, just, let's just seek the Lord. Lord, thank you uh, for being good. Thank you for being faithful. God, you've been way better to us than we deserve. And Lord, I thank you for the word of God. Lord, thank you for using it. I pray, God, that the Holy Ghost was a teacher tonight. And I pray, God, that you used it to teach us some things uh, about ourselves. God, that we desperately needed to see. I pray, God, that we check our hearts tonight. Uh, Lord, I, I want to thank you for 
for all that you've done in my life to get me uh, to where you are in the, the many seasons that I've been to, been through, um, that's helped me to see that you really are enough. And um, God, no, no help of my own. Uh, Lord, I've made it hard a bunch of times. I've made it hard for myself. I've made it hard for those around me. And, um, and I'm really grateful, God, that you helped slow us down long enough for us to see uh, those seasons were, were definitely a detriment to us when we tried to put a Band-Aid on the problem instead of, instead of coming to you, instead of looking up and getting help from the, from the Scriptures. Lord, I pray to you, bless this place and use it. God, may you be glorified. Lord, I pray for Sunday. God, I pray that you'd help us as we walk through the first five verses of Acts. And God, you give us a great time. Lord, help us to see the truths as they are plain in the Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.